Welcome back to another episode of Church is Stupid. Comma, but. Thank you, Andy. I still love that we do that. It's kind of my favorite thing. I think it, it was also an accident that just kind of started to happen. It was not. I very intentionally did it. Okay. I didn't do it on purpose <laughs> the first time that I did it. Let's, That's fair. I'll That's say fair. that much. Uh, but anyhow, welcome back. Uh, this week, we have a very special guest with us. Well, we have two special guests, but one's less special. Take that, Wesley. Um, well, he's, he's been here before. It's so true. It, it it's makes it a little by no easier. demand. <laughs> I think we said like at the end of like your last time being here that you you said that my goal was like to never that. come back. Yeah, and here I you am. failed. <laughs> you failed your goal. You were invited back. Congratulations. Um, thank you. So today we're going to be talking uh, as we've been. Do you want to do you want to introduce who's talking first well, and everything? And uh, well, okay, never mind. I, I apologize. Come I'll let you go first. This is what happens go when I let you have a microphone. Introduce your topic. So we because it relates to why we have the guests we have. Anyhow, so. This week, we're going to be continuing our media series, and we are going to be talking about Christian music. Woo! I promise I won't sing for you and torture you. And so today... I make no such promise. I just want to point that out. That's fair. That's fair. It's going to happen. So today, we have myself. I am Ruth. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Andy, as always. I'm Wesley, as always. And our special guest for the evening, uh, very special... Billy, as always. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love how our last names are all as always. We're all family. We're one big happy family. <laughs> it's true. I usually introduce myself as still Ruth, but I decided to change it that's up this creepy. week. Well, I'm a creepy know. person, so that's what I do. But anyhow, thank you so much for joining us. And we, me, uh, we'd love to hear a little bit about you if you'd like to share some of your story. Sure. Yeah. I... Uh yeah, I'll give you the condensed version. Um, so I'm from, from Detroit area, uh, born and raised, and uh, probably for the first half of my life or so, and I'm in my mid-40s, and um, grew up in church, which was really cool. Uh, grew up in the church my parents grew up in, which was mm. awesome. So a lot of history there, family. Um, when I was about uh, 11, I... Uh, in the old Baptist church, that's how, you know, you go forward at an altar call and you give your life to Christ as, as you do. And um, when I was about 15, I realized that uh, 11 years old was more of a life insurance piece and 15 was the Lord and masterpiece. Mm -hmm. So at 11, I realized mm -hmm. that God was real and God was who he says he was mm -hmm. and Jesus did what he said he did. I really believed that at 11, but at 15, I was at a youth camp like a lot of kids are who mm -hmm. grow up in church and things. And then God just wrapped me up, and some guy said, some of y'all ain't living for the Lord the way you should be, and I was, it was a big mess, and then uh, just started walking with the Lord every day uh, since I've been 15, so a little over 30 years, and I started leading worship at 15, too, which is cool. Um, wow, that's yeah, really cool. Yeah, the, the guy uh, that was leading the music got ran out of the church because he went from traditional to contemporary too fast. Oh, my. Oh, so, well, that's no. a little less cool, but <laughs> yeah, also... So. <laughs> Anyway, they're like, who's going to do the music? So my sister and I jumped in. That's so, so awesome. Yeah, and I was 12 when I started playing drums in church, but at 15 I'd been playing, you know, guitar and piano and stuff like that, but um, more drums and still at that age. But, yeah, so um, uh, went to school for music, have a classical degree in voice, 
and a minor in piano and um, love doing that. I'm still hired out as a classical tenor from time to time. My wife and I just sang with the Saginaw Bay Symphony Orchestra about a year ago. That's so cool. So that was cool. We were the soloists for their Holiday Pops program, so that was a lot of fun. Nice. You're already way cooler than I'll ever be, so I appreciate it. (laughs) Wesley, step up your music. Yeah, come on. What's up with you, Wesley? So, um, yeah, that was cool. And then, uh, but I love, I love just pop music, contemporary music, modern music, and so leading worship in that sort of uh, genre has always been my thing. But I've been part of some churches that have traditional services, and I've uh, conducted choirs, and I love choir, loved choir in school growing up in college. Mm -hmm. Um, Thought, In fact, I thought I was going to be a choir director for a little while, but God had other plans. But um, anyway, yeah, I was... uh, uh, Grew up in sort of a small church and been in some bigger churches and some smaller churches through my years and uh, mainly been a modern kind of contemporary mm-hmm. worship leader, but uh, love classical music and all the things therein, too. So this is a great conversation to talk about all of what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Today. So, so and I've been at Hopevale, where I'm at now in Saginaw for four years and uh, love that church a lot. Pastor Dan Davis is our mm-hmm. lead guy over there, and he's just a good friend and a great mentor. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, for those of you guys who don't know, which would be pretty much anybody listening, my brother and sister-in-law met at Hope Vale, which is just a really cool connection. Uh, makes me happy to think about. Anyhow, world, yeah. yeah, they're wonderful. But I can't tell them. Don't it's listen to this part because I can't uh, tell them this. Uh, but anyhow, yeah, thank you for sharing uh, your story. We're so grateful to have you yeah. come in. He actually drove here, so we made him come to us because we're very rude. Um, but I just wanted to... Do, right? I told him he could Skype, so... Yeah. Which <laughs> this was like, your fault. That's not set up yet, so no. <laughs> so I lied to him. Well, You're welcome. You know, we would have figured something out, I'm it's, sure. It's close to being set up, and I know some of our studio... I know you, you, Ruth and Billy, you guys have a better view of this. Uh, we have a lot of cords that are just everywhere right now, it's and true. we're trying to condense, and we're trying to get things to, like our working order and it's taking a little bit of time and uh, we're not fully always allowed to be in the building and I'm part time. And so it's killing me that I can't just come in here and do it. Um, Dude, I just tuned out to everything you just said. Well, it was more I'm just real a silent sorry. I'm not sure it was important at all. You know, it's okay. It's fine. They're there. I, I have many Thank of you. them. <laughs> Wesley, the ever comforting presence. <laughs> so Billy, I have a couple questions. Uh, what inspired you to go into worship ministry? Might I ask, was it because you started to lead worship so young that you just discovered that you loved it or was it always kind of a passion? Yeah, I think the, the former, um, I, uh, yeah, so I'd been playing drums and stuff like that as a you know young teenager, and then at 15, when uh, the music guy left our church, uh, we, my sister and I were like, well, let's just jump in. We'll help. We'll do it. So, and I just loved it. It was sort of just the culture of the way we did life mm-hmm. at that time, and and I'd started to get more serious in my faith around 15 too. So, um, it was sort of just all these life things started happening at 15, and and then um, I remember it was a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. church service where sort of the core of the church are end up coming just for like a prayer and a short devotional and and uh, we used to do communion on Wednesday nights too and um, I remember playing a piano uh, had to be around 15 or 16 around that age or so and and um, and I was singing a song and and people were um, like expressively worshiping and you know uh, grow up in a Baptist church people weren't very expressive in those times and back in we know days, nothing of that in the UMC. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so like this is 1989, 1990, something like that. So 
Um, anyway, so, so some people were being expressive in worship, yeah. and I was like, wow, what I'm doing is helping them do that? Like, I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. And I, I began to have that. I was, like, hooked. Yep. And as I look back now, thirty more than 30 years later, you know, you can look back and be like, wow, God did something really cool in that time mm-hmm. in my life where he gave me this um, yearning to be part of um, a gathering every week to and I and I knew this at I knew this at 15 I, I knew that um, it would be every week or it would mm-hmm. be an, or or it would be like volunteer it would be part-time or be full-time whatever I didn't know what it was going to be but mm-hmm. I knew I, I just had to be there in that experience so um, so I've been leading worship since then and um, never looked back and uh, just absolutely love it mm-hmm. love seeing people be part of God's story that way and singing God's story and singing their thanks so yeah it's awesome yeah, that's really, really cool. And uh, you're, you're lucky to, to be able to hear and respond to that calling so young. That's not always so typical. I think we see lots of pastors who um, or people serving in church who run from their calling for a very long time. And so I appreciate that because I also heard my calling um, at about probably 19. So I was a little mm. bit older. But I was one of the youngest pastors in the UMC, at least in Michigan, for quite a while. Mm. <laughs> I think now I'm not, though. I think we found one that's younger than me now. You were a pastoral prodigy. Yeah, that's you were what the Mozart it was. of pastors. What can I say? You should probably listen to her sermon on Sunday before you say that. <laughs> um, Yikes! <laughs> we both know I haven't recorded this sermon for Sunday yet. Oh well, no, not this next Sunday. Oh, okay. um, um, but anyhow, that, that's awesome. And so now, of course, since we we're talking about Christian music, I have to ask the very important question of all of you: What is your favorite band? And I know that you have listed in there uh, Christian or consecutive, right? Or well, it'd be secular. secular. I don't That's know what consecutive. consecutive. We had a meeting in order. Right well. Consecutive music is my favorite genre. <laughs> I just love one track after another. Yes. <laughs> like nonstop, quite frankly. You one. Chain music. Two. <laughs> you know, one time when I was a kid, I stayed over at one of my friend's house, and the song Stacy's Mom played on repeat over you know the whole, she fell asleep and it just like 12 hours of the song stacy's mom you, you know i still can't listen to I it hear, i hear she's kind of got it going on do you that's wonderful <laughs> <laughs> me too i'm real <laughs> sick of hearing about it i i think that was okay yeah no mind. i got um, it i caught what you were doing there oh, Ruth, I just, can't you see <laughs> you're just not the girl for me <laughs> i know it might be wrong but comma but See, I love, I love that in getting up and walking away and talking while you get up and walk away. We get to make fun of you more and you can't Your voice yourself. picks up in, like, my microphone and then it picks up in Bill's microphone. And then, <laughs> like, if you were to walk around in a circle, like, your voice would just pivot from one ear to the other and then continue around. It's, it's funny in my book, okay? Um, yeah, so I guess I can start off this conversation. Um... I guess uh, favorite band being more one that like you go back to kind of thing. Um, the band that I always go back to, um, I guess I'm, I'm focusing more on the Christian aspect. Sure. Is um, Abandon or Citizen's Way, um, which we had like, I have a whole experience with those two bands. And so it's always um, fun listening to the music, but also the last one being uh, Family Force 5, which mm-hmm. if you do know is uh, very fun energetic Christian music and but like, Andy you're not fun okay fair enough or energetic <laughs> all right so I didn't feel like being called out today um, <laughs> so Wesley wh- what's, you know, what's you 
with Christian music, I don't listen to like albums front to back or really like a certain artist. I listen to more like songs and tracks. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of uh, indicative of the generation we're in. Um, if I had to pick like a favorite Christian singer, I really like Torin Wells. I would say, mm-hmm. killer voice, great songs. <laughs> Who is that? I don't know. I'm googling. <laughs> okay, thank you. Not uh, known. Oh, um, ah, yes. Hills and valleys. Okay. Uh, okay. So okay. Yeah, we're hitting. Song, we're hitting some things. Of Bayou. That's a good one, man. I wish I could sing that high, but we I can't. A, <laughs> I can't a, sing in his range. Torn we had Wells. A girl sing. <laughs> oh, it's a boy. Sing that mm-hmm. at our church. <laughs> what? A couple of years ago, it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you're fine. Um, did he I, I, do? I misspelled um, his name. That's what's the one? Apologies. Reckless love, or he, he at least has a version of reckless love. I, I think. think he does have a version. Yeah, yeah. I um, do. I do believe he does. Yes. Um, I'm yeah. not. I'm not seeing it here, but that doesn't mean that it's not a lot. That <laughs> he's been on some other people's yeah albums and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's good. Billy, who's your who's your favorite band? Oh man, um, I probably have to go with a guy named David Foster. Do you guys know who that is? He's uh, they was, call they call him the Hitman because he wrote a lot of hits back in the. Was 80s he like and a 90s. country guy? No. It sounds familiar. It sounds the name sounds super yeah, familiar. Yeah, right. I'm like okay, yeah, googling. Yeah, he he, well, he started off as a, I mean, he's always been a songwriter, but he's a classical musician too, and did some like piano, easy listening kind of things. But um, he's kind of the guy responsible for finding Josh Groban and really? people like that. Josh Groban has an amazing voice. Yeah, he's he's been he's more behind the scenes kind of a producer kind of a guy, but his piano playing is just off the chain cool in my mind. So um, if you if you have a chance to get any of his recordings, I would say get the album called Recordings. And uh, Wesley, maybe because you're a piano guy, you might like some of the stuff he does. Sure. It's like really kind of easy listening, but like orchestral kind of stuff too. But love Michael McDonald, love Michael Jackson, uh, Michael English, a lot of Michaels. I was gonna say you seem to like Michael. David Phelps, those cats, yeah, man. So, but I, I noticed that Michael Phelps wasn't there. Just one yeah, of them. yeah, well, Michael you know, Phelps. yeah, right. <laughs> He's right. my favorite uh, performing artist. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> See, I am tragically a failure, and so I go back and forth. I'd probably say if I had to choose somebody who was my favorite Christian artist, I would have to go back to when I really listened to c- Christian music a little more, which would probably be the Toby Mac era. <laughs> so he, I'm going to be that stereotypical person who says Toby Mac because I really liked his stuff. Um, but as far as regular music, I'm very ashamed to admit that I am stuck in high school and I still listen to Panic at the Disco. <laughs> And so that's probably the band I listen to the most. I'm a little ashamed of that one, guys. It's okay. But, like, come on, Nine in the Afternoon's really cute. I don't no. know that one. Do you, okay. Does nobody yeah, know I do it? know this song. Okay. I'm just not like, giving you the, it, the free pass on I know. Um. I, need, I need somebody to tell me it's okay, Andy. They're there. Thank, thank you, Wesley. So... We're here to talk more about the mm-hmm. controversial side of music and dun, what pushes dun, dun, people dun. away, especially during like a normal church service. And I know that it's like halfway through our episode before we're getting to this kind of thing. Um, but thank you for indulging us with all of your uh, gloriousness. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, whatever that means. We got you. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so uh, a lot of what happens like when I think of Christian music and more the contemporary side of Christian music, I think that's where like more problems arise from, um, especially when you go to this idea of church is stupid and things that push people away from the church. Um, because a lot of times uh, people will uh, either grow up in the church um, and leave for some reason, like when they reach high school, uh, college age and start making their own decisions and then will come back at some point um, and, and I guess choosingly or being invited back or, or um, however, but they will come back and the contemporary music is either not what they're used to as a kid or mm. is like there's different aspects to all this kind of stuff and that raises some different issues as well as there's like different things with people expect on a Sunday morning that you're going to get contemporary. We're going to sing out of, I know in the United Methodist church, we're going to sing out of the hymnal, um, which I take major offense to, but that's a different story for me. We also have the faith we sing. Thank you very much. And the worship and song. Do you know how many hymnals there are? Sorry. Side rant. There's a lot. There's like seven or eight different hymnals in the United Methodist church alone. It's true. We use like two, two and then one other around Christmas time. And don't forget, we sing like ten of songs out of them. What's in the other four? <laughs> the there's, world may never know. There's some good stuff in the faith we sing, and in oh, and you well, mean the other four? The the other four because um, I've I've never experienced them. I think it's Grace um, who may or may not eventually end up on this. I think it's her that told me that like there's these other sets of hymnals and all this kind of stuff. See, I didn't know that. One spiral bound. I have seen that one. No, there's several spiral. Right. Okay. Anyhow, regardless, so in in the in the church. Music has been a very controversial topic for quite a long time. Um, mm-hmm. And for especially, gosh, early 80s, I don't know exactly when it started, the, the push for contemporary music became something that was incredibly divisive, mm-hmm. very divisive in churches. And my my father, for those of you guys who don't know, um, he was planning on becoming a worship leader in the church, and he ended up becoming a pastor. Ha-ha, joke's on you, Daddy. I hope you're listening. Anyhow, um, my dad's great. <laughs> yeah. Why are you calling him out? <laughs> I don't know, because okay. I like, I just do. Fair enough. Anyhow, he uh, was, he really, really loved the contemporary Christian movement of about the 90s. Um, and so that's sort of how, what I was raised in. But I knew that there, the church that, well, no, I don't want to say that because I don't remember if that's what happened. But there are a lot of churches that have split over this idea of doing traditional versus contemporary. And in fact, one of the churches that um, I, I attended as a kid the the pastor gotten essentially a lot of flack because they really really wanted to to be a quote seeker service with contemporary music and refused to sing any hymns and the pastor had there were some some older people in the congregation so they were like hey i'm just gonna play one hymn once in a while no big deal it was a very big deal and it caused a lot of people to get really upset and to leave the church and it was just a hot mess um and that was probably the first time i realized how heated it still is for some people and even myself serving in churches i have heard from different uh worship leaders i absolutely will not play anything contemporary don't even try if you do i'm quitting like i've heard that because that's how how little they want to participate in it. And so it's kind of interesting to me that I grew up mostly listening to hymns with a father who 
probably mostly preferred contemporary Christian music. But in in my experience, I mean, have you guys looking at the worship leaders? How have you seen that controversy come out to play, or is it something that you feel like mostly churches are past and kind of know their niche now? I think it really depends on the church, because Hopefield is all contemporary, right? So I'm sure it's kind of a non-issue for you. Yeah. Yeah, people know yeah. what they're getting when they when they go to Hopevale. Yeah. Most churches I've worked for before coming here were for a lot of smaller or mid-sized churches, and I swear every single one of them are like, we do the cool hip hymns here, the, the, the new stuff. And then it's always, <laughs> come, now is the time to worship. I'm like, oh, boy. Hey, don't forget the classic, Lord, we lift your name on high. If I told you that the song that I, I, I completely hate whenever I go to a church and it's the one that's sung, um, and some of you may know this, uh, Oceans drives me mad. Oh, yeah. Please explain further, because I have a friend who will 100% agree with you. That song, no offense to anybody who loves Hillsong, who loves that song in particular, um, the writers and the people who made that song and the people who sing that song, they all hate it. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it, I, I understand it's, it's very easy to play. It's very, it's very great for um, churches to like be able to be able to play a contemporary song that contains four chords and like uh, all of this um but it is so overplayed and i guarantee you you will not find a sunday where it's not played at a church <laughs> which it's it's not like that i'm taking offense at like it's overplayed it's just it's i've heard that song so many times <laughs> would you say you were called out upon the water yeah <laughs> great unknown, unknown. So I've got a joke for you guys. Maybe you've heard this. Maybe yes. Um, old Farmer Joe went to the big city one weekend and attended the big city church. He came home and his wife asked him how it was. Well, said the farmer, it was good. They did something different, though. They sang praise choruses instead of hymns. She said, praise choruses? What are those? He says, oh, they're okay, said the farmer. They're sort of like hymns. He said, only different. And what's the difference, said his wife. Well, said the farmer, if I said the cows are in the corn, that would be a hymn. But if I were to say to you, Martha, 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 oh, Martha, Martha, <laughs> the cows, the big cows, the brown cows, the black cows, the black and white cows, the cows, 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 are all in the corn, are in the corn, are in the corn, 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 corn. <laughs> Then if I were to re repeat the whole thing four or five times, <laughs> then that would be a praise chorus. It's got to be eight minutes long, When right? you put it that way, oh it's like gosh. you're trying to write a paper and hit a word limit. It's so, true. So the next weekend, his nephew, a young Christian from the big city, came to visit his Uncle Joe and Aunt Martha. He attended their local church in the small town. When he went home, his mother asked him how it was. Well, he said it was good. They did something different, though. However, they sang hymns instead of praise choruses. And his mother said, hymns, what are those? The young man said, well, it's like this. If Uncle Joe were to say to Aunt Martha, the cows are in the corn, then that would be a praise chorus. But if he, but if he were to say, oh, Martha, dear Martha, hear thou my cry. Incli <laughs> inclinest thine ear to the words of my mouth. Turn thou thine whole wondrous ear by and by to the righteous, inimitable, glorious truth. Yea, those cows in glad bovine, rebellious delight, have broke free from their shackles, their warm pens askewed, 
Then, goaded by minions of darkness and night, they all, my child, chilly walk, a sweet corn, have eschewed. Then, if they were to do only uh, verses 1, 3, and 4 and do a key change in the last verse, that would be a hymn. (laughs) You know, I think I've heard that hymn. No. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know what's so funny about that is... um, because music is so cultural mm-hmm. and it's so um, associational. Yeah. Yes. yes. Oh yeah. You know, and it, and I love how that joke pokes fun at both contemporary yeah. and traditional like praise choruses and hymns. It pokes yeah. fun, and it, it's and it is fun to just laugh about it a little bit. Uh, there's a story. Um, I, I was at. Uh, I worked for a year at uh, Trevecca uh, University in Nashville, mm. and I helped kick off a program called the uh, Worship Leader uh, National National Praise and Worship Institute (NPWI). So I was the uh, worship chair there, and I was developing curriculum. And one of the classes I formed had to. It started off with talking about this very subject and. Um, to tell the students that they were going to be encountering a lot of differing opinions Mm -hmm. and to help train them in guiding them through some of these conversations. Uh, One of the stories I put in the curriculum was uh, Beethoven's Ninth uh, Symphony. Um, So he probably got done with that sometime in the 1820s or so. My history might be a little off, but... But okay, we're fact-checking. It's fine. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, but Beethoven's Nine, that's where we get joyful, joyful, mm-hmm. we adore yep. mm-hmm. the yep. old, beloved, mm-hmm. beloved mm-hmm. classic mm-hmm. hymn that we all know and love. Um, about the 1850s, some people in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, got a hold of it, near, about a Philadelphia suburb. And they brought it over to the States, and they wanted to do it, so they had their choir sing it. And the choir sings this big, robust, you know, like flowers before the yada-dee-da-dee-da-dee. The elders and the pastors got up and they walked out and they're like what is this hellbound hellish riffraff that you're bringing into our church you know and like singing of poetry and flowers and and bombastic gigantic music because you know Beethoven in his later life was less classical and more romantic yeah. in the romantic era yep. so it was just very like sort of like in your face and it was very new to those people in the states at that time so you know you talk about like the 70s 80s this stuff has been going on yeah. then and it was going on way uh, before then yep. too so transitions in, in church music have been has been going on a long, long oh, yeah. time oh, well, Beethoven's and- on our shape note hymns yeah, that's right. The shape notes. Yeah, that's right. One of our one of my favorite things to do to people when they talk about the the staunchness of traditional hymns is to remind them that a lot of Wesleyan hymns were actually old bar tunes. Yep. And they were just retooled. Mighty, Mighty Fortress is our God. Yep. Yeah. And it was because that way people already knew this, so they just yeah. changed the words so people could sing along. Well, see, that's so key. Um, yeah, that's another, that's another reason why I feel like people modernize things so they can connect it to mm-hmm. something that somebody knows. Paul at Mars Hill in the New Testament we see uh, was using the everyday vernacular of that day mm-hmm. in order to communicate to people so they could understand what he was saying. And um, so the churches sort of try to do that. They try to communicate in everyday vernacular. They also mm-hmm. try to communicate music in the everyday form that people listen to music to on the radios. And, you know, the people get upset about it, uh, you know, uh, I don't know that they should, you know, so it's like, what's right? Uh, of yeah. The old synagogue mm-hmm. type, other than like God is different than us type worship mm-hmm. or a modern everyday, just tell, tell to me like it is kind of a thing. And I think, quite frankly, I think both are right. I think, mm-hmm. yeah. And, it, and it, I think it's a, you know, it's like a taste bud, you know, you know, some people like Chinese food, some people like Italian food. It's just whatever, how, whatever floats yeah. your boat, that's okay. And however you're mm-hmm. going to, um, sit into an experience and worship God, you know. But like I think the, the so the experience I think cuts from a, an associational difference, mm-hmm. and, and so the taste buds, if you will. 
But it's also a theological thing, too, because I think if people understood theologically that um, it's okay to, to worship in those different ways mm-hmm. and it's supported biblically mm-hmm. to worship in different ways, I think people would probably tend to be a little bit more accepting that that different there's a lot of different ways to skin a worship cat. So. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah. and it's, it's very hard. Um, worship cat. I think because we have to get down to, <laughs> you're going to be laughing about that all day, aren't you? No, I just, <laughs> I don't know what a worship cat is. Nothing. It doesn't matter. Glorious. <laughs> just trying to think how it would um, scream when you skinned it. That's my, I've, wait, we have well, to get back to what, what is the handy. point of what we're doing with, with music. And I think, that if if we're looking at Sunday morning worship and and I, we're coming up at the end of this episode, but things mm-hmm. that I, we can explore in our next episode are what what is the purpose of music and what are you using it for? For instance, I think there's a big difference between Christian music and worship music. I think those two we're, we're not very good in the contemporary Christian world at separating those. Um, for instance, I just don't think that singing Francesca Battistelli's "I Lost My Keys." really makes for a great Sunday morning worship song. Have you heard that in Sunday morning worship? Sorry, that's just another side note. No, I don't think I've ever heard that. No, one but that's a, like an extreme example to me. Okay. That one, gotcha. that one's an, I've never heard it in well, worship. Right, but My pastor talks about the we songs. What are the yeah. songs that we can sing together? Yeah, exactly. We can actually say we in it, or if it's a song that we can join in together to lift our voices together. Yes. yes. You know, it, but yeah, it begs the question, what is worship music for? What's Christian music for? Like you're saying, like Christian music is probably to just get some thoughts going, you know, get to, to spiritually get ourselves a little bit more mm-hmm. um, asking some bigger questions that might not be able to be answered or laments or complaints, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, but worship music I think is more adoration oriented and, mm-hmm. you know, upward oriented and those types of things that, you know, collectively, so you can start doing Matthew 22 better. You can start yeah. loving God and loving people better. I think Christian music and worship music does both. Yep. You can, you can end up loving God more and loving people more with both of those experiences. But, you know, we look back at um, one of the first prototypes of worship back in the Old Testament where mm-hmm. uh, Moses led uh, the Israelites and freed, freed them and they worshiped God. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, as it says, uh, as we understand scripture, God revealed himself and he redeemed his people. Mm-hmm. And that's a continual theme that c- that continues through the Old Testament and the New Testament where God reveals himself and redeems his people. He's doing mm-hmm. that to, to us every day. And so we join that first prototype of worship where they worshiped and sang God, sang to God, Moses and the Israelites in a collective way. Mm-hmm. We've, we've continued that through the years to be able to come and do that together to help us love God and love people better. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I think that's that's what we want to want to talk on is is really what is the core what is the reason why we have singing, um, and also I think there are not it's not just a contemporary music thing I think that there are hymns there are some hymns that really are not worship oriented that are much more edification oriented yeah um, totally. and and a little bit of weird random facts what I've found is a lot of seminary I, I hate I hate to interrupt you oh, we, wait, are, are we, we are we are. Out, out of oh, time. I started the timer um, late. I'm sorry. Never no, mind. I started mine late too. So just know that. So okay. We're actually like 30 minutes plus right now. My bad. So I'm just going to, I'm going to yeah, touch you it. Cut and, me off. Thanks uh, for having me, guys. Well, no, <laughs> no you're only still, the first you're episode of the week. We still got second episode. Yeah, you, you aren't free yet. We're still holding you captive. You haven't, you haven't <laughs> heard be, your free mug you'll yet. You'll still be. Uh, <laughs> on the next episode, will we discuss why Elijah's never here when I'm here? Yeah. It's personal, actually. It's very personal. 
but we are running out of time. So uh, if you guys enjoyed what you heard, if you want to join us in the conversation, go ahead and leave a comment on the YouTube video. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Music, or Apple Podcast, or whatever whatever platform you're finding us on, uh, we thank you for listening, for one. Uh, but for two, uh, find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Let us know what you think about uh, Christian music. Let us know uh, what you who your favorite band is, uh, Christian or secular or otherwise contemporary wherever you want to go with it um find us leave us a comment leave us a like uh yeah i think for all of us here at church is stupid count the butt butt. oh wesley you guys were almost in sync i'm andy i'm ruth i'm wesley and i'm guest billy and we thank you all for joining us